0: Everyone has that one childhood nostalgic meal and sometimes it's hard to pinpoint what you love about it, but you know that it feels good and purposeful. So what I'm gonna talk about is why it was so delicious and why you remember it so vividly. So we're gonna look into a few culinary perspectives and a few emotional perspectives. Uh, We're also gonna talk about how we can create and recreate comfort foods and traditions. Okay, so first we're going to talk about why food is so delicious in a culinary perspective. So let's think about chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies are everyone's favorite dessert. Let's be honest here. They provide such a a 5 Sensory, all of your sensory experience. So, what happens is when you're making the dough, you make the dough, you um, make it into little balls, and then you put the cookies in the oven, and you smell that aroma, and you anticipate eating them, which makes which makes them even more satisfying. And then when you actually do bite into them, the fat and the butter from the cookie sticks to your tongue; it coats your tongue, so more sugar is going to touch your tongue. It's going to produce these bursts of flavor. And then there's also salt on that cookie, which is going to help balance the sweetness, balance out the sweetness and enhance all of the flavors in the cookie. Usually when it comes to chocolate chip cookies, um, they're for special occasions. So also you might associate chocolate chip cookies with a special moment with a loved one or a connection between, you know, the people that you love. So you have all of these different experiences coming together and it's going to create this really powerful food memory. I created a little personal food experience diary. I just opened up a Google Doc and I wrote down a few food experiences that I've had that have made me feel warm inside and one of them is making pretzels with my grandma at her cabin and another one is making cookies at 2 a.m. with my friend and another one is the smell of My grandma's rye toast it reminded me of the mornings with her with crunchy toast and a crap load of butter and another really interesting thing about about food memories is your crazy ability to smell something or to see something or to taste something and just everything comes back to you like when you smell that smell later You are going to be taken right back to this moment. You're going to feel what you felt. You're going to see what you've seen. You're going to taste what you've tasted. That moment when I wake up and I at my grandma's house and I smell that rye toast and she says hi and there's a ton of butter on it and I bite into it and it's salty and it's fatty and it's delicious. All of that came back to me when I made rye toast one morning at home. I have this quote from chelsea reed and it says psychological research has demonstrated that smells are powerfully linked to memory and to autobiographical memory in particular the olfactory bulb which is involved in the sense of smell is linked to areas in the brain associated with memory and emotional experiences we are wired as humans to be able to remember food so we can survive Another thing that people associate with food and good memories is Thanksgiving and Christmas and these big family feasts. You are eating turkey and mashed potatoes and, and gravy and all these really rich foods, and then you have this cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is super, super acidic, and it helps balance out that richness of everything else. The thing that's so special about Thanksgiving is a family coming together and connecting and feeling that connection for like a food memory. There's something called conditioned taste aversion. And this happens when you eat something that made you sick. And even if you got sick, like a few hours later, your brain is going to create that connection. And it's going to be so strong that you might not even be able to eat that food for years. Like my mom, she had an incident with with scrambled eggs when she was little, and she got really sick, and now she, she can't eat eggs, which is just crazy. So the reason that this connection is so strong that your brain creates this connection is because your hippocampus, which is the main functioning part of your brain, and your amygdala, which is the emotional section of your brain, are right next to each other. When you get sick, it can be really unpleasant and it can release a lot of strong negative emotions and that happens in your amygdala which it happens to be right by your hippocampus, the memory center of your brain. So when you're feeling these emotions and your amygdala is just lighting up with this negative energy, it's passing that energy onto your hippocampus and it's allowing your hippocampus to create this super, super powerful negative memory. But the same thing applies to positive memories. So when you're eating when your mom Um, makes you a warm bowl of soup because you're sick and it makes you feel better and it makes you feel connected to her, you are going to have a really strong positive memory with that. This is the main reason why we can remember those foods and those moments so vividly is because we're connecting two super important parts. We're connecting connection, which is a basic human need. And another basic human need is eating. So when we connect the two, our brain is like, wow, this is super, super important. We need to remember this. So in everyday life, when we're purposely creating these moments of connection and emotions and food, then we are, we're tending to those basic human needs, which is really, really important. So another thing that I also want to talk about is our ancestry and what that has to do with food memories. Strong food memories was a survival tactic for our ancestors. If we could remember where we last ate, then we would survive longer. And if we could connect with people where we last ate, they could help us survive, find more food. So We are, again, tending to our basic human needs. Connection, finding a partner to create more humans, and eating. So I have this quote from Brene Brown, which I really, really like. She does a lot of studies about, about emotion and connection and all this really cool stuff. And her quote is, from an evolution perspective, connection was about survival, and today... It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. And I just really love that quote because a lot of things our ancestors used to do to survive, we now still use and have in our daily lives, but we don't need them for the same thing. So we don't need food memories anymore. We don't need that to survive, but we still get to have it. So we might as well take advantage of it. Let's get into how you can recreate or create traditions And comfort foods. I mean, I think comfort food is something that you eat that you've got positive memories attached to that makes you feel better when you're having a hard time. So, you know, I mean, it really could be anything for me. It's totally like cookies, (laughs) cookies and ice cream and pasta would be my major comfort food. But for my husband, it's pizza, like the thing that is just like easy to eat and tastes really good and relaxes you and makes you feel happy when you're eating it. I think that's what comfort food is. Every once in a while, our family will do pancakes for dinner, which is special in itself. It's reinventing a new way of making breakfast. You're having them at night, and it feels special and new and inventive. The most important thing that I think is making time for connection and chatting. So we will plug our pancake griddle into an extension cord, and we'll all make pancakes at the table so we can slowly eat and chat And we can take turns making pancakes. And this is a really, really important thing. And it's great for connection. It really allows you to sit and to chat and to eat slowly and savor those pancakes. Another thing that we do is during the summer, we eat pancakes outside. We bring the griddle outside. And just being outside is wonderful. It really makes you feel grounded and it helps you become more mindful which is really, really important when you're sitting and you're eating with your family. And we also, we made it like a scheduled Sunday thing. So when you have things that are slightly structured, it makes it a lot more purposeful and more and easier to kind of follow up with. We prioritize connection over old ways. So we're eating pancakes for dinner. We're not eating them for breakfast. We're eating them for dinner. But we're still keeping the traditions that make us feel alive. Like eating pancakes with maple syrup and sitting outside with friends and and connecting, and we're still keeping the traditional breakfast, but we're having it at dinner, and we're inventing new ways to make things like pancakes exciting. Another thing that's really important um, for creating traditions and comfort foods is to create a sense of belonging and connection. So if you are like a parent looking to create memories with your kid, with your child. Maybe have them help out with chopping or setting the table and making everyone feel included as though they are a part of this so that when you sit down to eat, it feels like everyone has contributed. Another super, super important thing is there has to be, like I said, purpose and soft structure. We often overlook the purpose of like a gathering, of like coming together to eat pancakes for dinner. I think it's more like for baby showers, for example. A lot of baby showers are just the same old things. And then there's these amazing ones where people recreate and reinvent new ways to do things. And they prioritize connection over old ways. It just really enhances the experience. Um, If you're looking to create a tradition like that, ask yourself, why are you doing this in the first place? And what are ways that you can accomplish connection through food? Another example of this is a restaurant that I recently went to and that we go that my family goes to a lot. It's called the melting pot. And they have you set up at a table and they have fondue pots sitting there. So there's a bunch of courses you eat for like four hours you cook your own meat and you deep dip bread and cheese and you dip treats in chocolate. It's I, like I remember every time I've gone there because you are able to sit and savor the food and enjoy it and connect with the people around you. And it's kind of this process where you're making your own food so everyone feels like they're contributing. And it's just so so interesting. And I have an- actually I have another quote from Brené Brown that kind of describes this feeling that I'm just like that I'm thinking about, and it's it's like you're walking across a bridge and there are handrails that you can grab, but they don't obstruct your view. And I love that. That's the definition of soft structure. Okay, so another suggestion I have is to celebrate the small things. Like the other day we celebrated my dog's third birthday and we got him a little dog cupcake and a little birthday hat and we sang happy birthday and we we took a video and just celebrating little things like dog birthdays, last day of school, National Pasta Day, an A plus and a test. These are great ways to introduce food and in general just to celebrate small things. In small celebrations it can really make life feel more meaningful I hope this podcast has allowed you to figure out the meaning behind why you remember that nostalgic childhood meal or many meals and hopefully now you are able to pinpoint what you love about that and how you can recreate that with your own family really take advantage of those powerful emotions that you can feel and create traditions and happy memories because really that's what life is all about. It's all about connection and staying alive and being happy. This is a quote from Samin Nosrat that I really like. She's a cook and she talks a lot about her experience of food from when she was little and how she gained a more culinary perspective as she got older and started her career as a chef. For me, cooking has never been about the food. It's about what happens at the table. Making good food accessible is really important to me, and any little way that I can do that, from inviting a bunch of friends over for a simple meal to making them help out in the kitchen when they arrive just helps make it feel like good cooking is within reach for everyone. My ultimate goal is to make people feel comfortable and taken care of so that they can enjoy the moment and maybe eventually pass that kindness on to others.